Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. Welcome to June. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. The music in the background for the last couple of shows is from our good buddy, Mr. Torin Wells. Make sure you grab a copy of his album, Citizen of Heaven. I want to thank today's partner, Your Enneagram Coach. As y'all know, we love talking about Enneagram around here. And Your Enneagram Coach, Beth McCord, was our expert for each episode of Ennea Summer 2019. Ennea Summer 2020 is coming in July. But coming up June 8th through 12th, registration for Beth's signature online course, Become an Enneagram Coach, is open. Over 700 people have taken this deep dive in the gospel-centered Enneagram coaching. And I've said this a lot, but the Enneagram is such a great tool, but it's the gospel that brings transformation. Whether it's a career change or you want to become a full-time Enneagram coach or do it as a side hustle, you'll learn how to make a living helping others get unstuck in their lives, including a lifetime access to 35 videos that'll teach you everything you need to know about coaching with the Enneagram interviews with Beth's team who share their expertise in building your business and access to private coaching Facebook group, connecting you to a community of coaches around the globe for inspiration and support. And the best part is you can use the code that sounds fun to get $200 off. If you love the Enneagram and you want to guide others toward growth and freedom, now is your time. So go to your Enneagram coach.com backslash B E C becoming an Enneagram coach, BEC, and they use the code that sounds fun to get $200 off. And starting next Monday, actually June 8th, Beth's going to be hosting free webinars where you can learn more about coaching and ask questions and see if this is the next step for your personal and professional journey. So learn more, sign up for free coaching webinar with Beth McCord at your Enneagram backslash BEC and use the code that sounds fun. Hey, today on the show is one of my favorites, y'all. I'm just so ready for y'all to hear this conversation. Knox McCoy is an author. He is one of the hosts of one of my very favorite podcasts called The Popcast. And his new book comes out tomorrow. It's called All Things Reconsidered. It's an excellent read, a super great Father's Day gift, a great gift to graduates, just a fun summer read. It's smart. It's interesting. It's deep. It's funny. It's what you want in a book. So make sure you grab a copy of All Things Reconsidered and enjoy this conversation with my good buddy, Knox McCoy. Knox McCoy, welcome back to the show, my friend. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Listen, this has been the highlight of my day. I've been excited about it all day long, my friend. Well, to be fair, it's still early, so your day could get a lot better. Your day could really go better. Yeah, than this, this that wasn't that wasn't as much a compliment to you as a sad reality to the, what the rest of my <laughs> life is like right now. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I'll take any compliment I can get at this point. I we there's 900 places I want us to go, but I need to start somewhere very important. I just finished a series on Netflix I'd never finished before, and I'm sure. Because of your pop cultureness, I'm sure you're ready to have a conversation about New Girl. Oh my gosh! Okay, I look. See, I went. Uh, I went a couple different directions with New Girl because it went. Uh, it was on at the same time as Happy Endings. Did you ever watch Happy Endings? Yes. Okay, Happy Endings. I preferred Happy Endings to New Girl. But then same. Happy That's Endings why I didn't finish it, Knox. Okay. See, so we're on the same page. And then you know, like Winston came back, or Winston was there, and then Coach came back, and then it got confusing, and then the whole Nick and Jess thing, and then they did, and it was like, well, I'm not really interested in this anymore. But throughout, right. it was like, I like Schmidt. Schmidt's fun. Oh so I, gosh, Schmidt. Do you follow him on Instagram, perchance? I don't. 
Okay, just go stalk him. I don't know if it's worth a follow. That's a personal decision, but he sure. is very much worth stalking because right now he is homeschooling his daughter. He and you his know wife what? Ashley has shown me some of this before, and it's hysterical. I completely forgot it's, until you reminded me. It's hysterical. It is. It is just the most joy. It is the most joy. Okay, so that's that's. I'm. I feel like we're sharing a hot take on this, on New Girl because I quit watching it because I didn't have time and I loved happy endings, and I I did not realize the show didn't end until 2017. <laughs> New Girl. It went on. I feel like it needed a mercy kill. It needed to be taken behind the barn, you know. But it just kept going. I think that's what it was, though, Knox. I think that was. I think what we experienced in season seven of the last eight episodes was the mercy kill because they fast forwarded three years. I just, are you a fan of the fast forward of like, and now we're 45 years in the future and here's where everyone's at. I feel like that's a little weak sometimes and I don't always love it. I don't love it if it is, I'm really not going to love it if it is, um, then there's a continuation like this last eight episodes of New Girl. I love it if it's the last episode and they're showing us that everyone's all right. So you, what, just for the listeners, what you're doing is you're hedging because you don't want people who like Parks and Rec to come hate at you. Is that correct? Have I, have I identified what <gasps> I've never seen here? it. Knox, I've never, never seen, seen it. Parks and Rec? I've never seen a single episode of Parks and Rec. Okay. It's good, but like, I don't know if you're ready for the spice this early. It's fine. It's not that great. It's fine. <laughs> the ending, I didn't, I'm it's sorry. not for me. The first season's terrible. You know, it's just... It that, is well, that's the truth. Is I do think I've watched like two from the first season and I just was not into it. So if you told me to start now, would you tell me to start with season two? Yeah, just skip it. You know, they even said like, we just changed the Amy Poehler character because it was she was kind of grating. So they it's kind of like a new character in a new series in season two anyway. Okay. Now, you also love West Wing, correct? I don't. I don't. I got oh, into it okay. late. And then by that point, like, you know, we had invented cell phones and things like that. So it makes like the first few episodes <laughs> feel weird. And I, I don't like to go back in time to where like, we don't know how to use electricity or that's right. water, you know, or so if I'm going back in time, me. I want to go to Miss Maisel. Maisel. Yeah. I want to go to that. 1950. I don't want to do 1994. We still have pasteurized milk and that's a good thing. Yeah. So I like to live there. Precisely. Okay, because I heard this interview with Rob Lowe where he and he's a star on both West Wing and Parks and Rec. And he talked about how the writers tried to mimic Parks and Rec after West Wing. Oh, interesting. I can kind of see that. And I think they pulled it off. I mean, they did a good job and it's it's a fine TV show. Just, you know, I don't know. I, I think I got my fill. I like I'm a more of a Brooklyn Nine Nine kind of guy. If we're mm-hmm. gonna talk like branches from the uh, you know, the Mike Schur verse. Um, so that's kind of more yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, me too. What's your what are you and Ashley? Your wife's name is Ashley. What are y'all binging right now? Is there anything y'all are just destroying on a streaming network? Annie, we are crushing the Outlander. And uh, are you? I was not proper. Have you ever watched Outlander? Yes, I started to watch season one and then it kind of exceeded my some of my levels. Sure. And by levels, you mean like sexual content because, whoa, mama, like I, yeah. no one prepped me for what this show was. And I thought this was like yeah. pole dark or one of those like. I thought know, it was going to be pole dark and it was yeah, pole after just like dark, slow and boring. Will. And I'm like, I can catch up on email while we watch this. And then I look up and there's always like, you know, breasts. And I'm like, I just <laughs> sure. I, I wasn't ready for this. No one had prepped me right. for this. So, you know, it's a it's a tumultuous binge. We're, we're fast forwarding a lot, you know, yes. and skipping through some sections. But. Yeah, we're we're crushing that right now. But you like the storyline. 
I like the two the, the two characters, you know, like the Jamie and the Claire. Yeah. It's uh, and I like I realize I like. And then there's the bad the guy too. That's her husband in normal time, right? Yeah, it's like he's he's a good dude and he was on Game of Thrones, but then like his distant uh, ancestor is like a super bad guy. So I realize I like the playing with the idea of historical fiction, you know, and yeah. I've never really gotten into that. But this is they do a really good job of that. I mean, did you not like Poldark? I I said like Poldark should come with like a cyanide pill. So you should you could like. You could just do that while you watch it because that would probably be a better alternative. That's it's slow, and it's so slow. This is why Speed your wife up. and I we get should it. have gotten to go to England together this summer. <laughs> it's because we would have we enjoy the same speed of life, and that is the speed <laughs> let's, of let's just get to it. Let's go, let's go. Wales. <laughs> <laughs> I just need more speed, more tempo, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. That's totally fine. Okay, so that's the only thing. I feel like we've been in a pandemic a long time, and you're a pop culture TV guy, and all you've got is Outlander? Here's the problem. It's like our business. I mean, you know this. Like, it's oh. it's not slowed down. It's revved up. So It, it has weirdly, not slowed down like, 1%. So it's like the binging time everyone else has. Like, we don't have that. So, you know, I've, I've tried to pick my spots and everything, and I've caught up on some stuff, and um, doing some of the new releases, but, um, yeah, like just the, the weird stuff that I go like that was, you know, on six or seven years ago, I haven't made my way to it yet. Yeah. What, is there anything you're dying to watch? I'm dying to watch Brooklyn nine, nine. Cause I haven't started that one. Oh, it's so good. And you'll love that. It's, it's so unbelievably good. I, you know, I don't think I've, I've watched like zero, zero, zero on Amazon. I've, I'm watching dead to me right now. I've watched devs, um, kind of just like playing it down the middle of the fairway with some of the stuff yeah. like that's, I'm pretty well rated in pop culture. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. It it feels like in March and April, it was all content all the time. I will intake anything I can. People need to make a lot of content. I need to take in a lot of content. And then as May has proceeded and into June, it feels like there is a real refinement happening, doesn't it? I think so. And you can see where like there, it, it's almost like the the fat's getting trimmed a little bit and people are starting mm-hmm. to really want to be efficient with their time. Um, and that's like, that's podcasting, that's TV, that's movies, that's everything. Yeah. Cause it felt like there was a lot more binging going on at the start. And it, even in spiritual things, it felt like there were churches offering something every single day, three times a day to make sure you felt connected in these times when you were stuck in your home. And now it feels like, okay, we do a thing once a week in the middle of the week and we do church on Sundays. Like it just feels like everybody's kind of paired back a little bit. Are you experiencing that too? Yeah, you know, it, it, and my nature is like, because, you know, we went from, because, you know, we were in Honduras with you and we were, we, for the podcast media group, we have to recap The Bachelor, right? So we were yeah. doing that there. We got I got that. to do that with you. It was a, a real That's treat. right. You, the, the, I think one of the only people to ever see that in the wild, which yes, uh, just prayers for you right very now. very much like an honor to watch, <laughs> to watch that process. But like, so we did that and then everything kind of started going the pandemic way. So it was like, uh, it was getting weird. Then we started to recap Tiger King and we did that. And my nature is like, when I have any kind of, uh, like a vacuum of time, I'm like, let's start a car wash. Let's start a Mm. restaurant. Let's do six new podcasts. You know, I don't know. Is that your experience too? Like when you have a lull of time, like you want to fill it with something? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's just not my nature to be like, or I could just chill and not do anything. Right. I just, I'm not like wired like that. Or I could just read the books that are on my shelf. No, 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 no. I'm learning to bake <laughs> That's bread. No fun. I've, or, you know, I'm, I am writing a new book. I'm, yeah, yeah. That it, I did not, I, I have to make myself rest 
pretty yeah. pretty much. Is that true for you? I, I don't even know if I can make myself rest because I, it's one of those things when I am resting, I'm like, are you, I think you're being lazy. You shouldn't be lazy, mm. you know? And that's like a real internal dialogue I have of sometimes you are being lazy, but sometimes you have like, you literally, you're asked to rest. You're told, you know, to take a Sabbath and to take some time and introspection uh, and circumspection and stuff like that. And I, that's a, that's a really big issue for me. Is that a, like a husband, dad thing? Is that a business owner thing? Are those all dance together to cause that anxiety? I think it's a, it's a little bit of a stew there. You know, I think I part of, you know, I mean, you know how it is like running your own business, like you never really turn it off. But then part right. of it is I grew up, you know, with a dad who was always working really hard and I, you know, I wanted to be like him. So I internalized a lot of that. And that's a lot of my motivation is like, well, I remember he did that. So to be successful and to, you know, to be a man, like I want to respect and admire. I also need to do that. Not in a bad way. It's just like, wow, I, I want to do that as well, you know, but you gotta, you gotta find that middle line. And, and that's the hard part. Like right now, there's just, there's no like middle rail of downtime. It's just always kind of stuff and news and kids and homeschooling and business. And it's just, it's a strange wild time. Yeah. Tell me some, I have some real feelings to tell you about how I am right now in the middle of the pandemic. If we're just two friends talking, I have some real feelings I'll tell you. Tell me how you feel now that we're kind of three months into this and there is really no predicted return to the life we knew. You know, like for, and I, I was talking about this uh, with somebody the other day. It's not, well, it was Ashley and I were talking and it's it's been a big pinch on her because she's an extrovert. She likes to be with people and go out and be spontaneous. Mm -hmm. So not only can she not do that, but she's also in charge of, you know, being an educator, which luckily is her background, but still, you know, there's three kids and now you got to do zoom calls and science and math and reading comprehension, all that stuff. Right. So that's really been different for her. For me, it's nothing's changed that much. I don't really go out. I don't, <laughs> I'm not with a lot of people a lot, you know? So this has kind of not been that different for me, but it's seeing everyone around me being so affected and like just not having the freedom to go see family or go out on a date with Ashley. That's been the most difficult part, but it feels, it feels weird for me to complain because it's like, I don't, this isn't really changed for me. I still come into the office. I still don't go out, you know? So it's not yeah. that big of a, a momentum like shit for me. <laughs> it is felt, I've been trying to identify why I've been so angry this weekend and this week. And I think it is that it is what you're saying is that the work part of my life has not changed. It has increased. The fun part of my life has gotten evaporated. Oh, it's just non-existent, right? Right. Because we don't go out and do sporting events. We don't go to concerts. We don't go out to dinner. We don't have big picnics. We don't play outside. We don't go to the pool. Like all the things that release me, that are releases for me after work, especially not being married yet, not having kids yet, and it's just me at my house. Yeah. All the things that are releases for me after work are all gone. And what's it's left is vegetables, like no dessert. exercise it's terrible. and television. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. And then you're like, well, yeah, this is good for me. And I'm trying to eat like a person and exercise like a person and all the things. But then you're like, is there anything fun left in the world? And my today, my answer is no. I'm having no yeah. fun except this. That's why you're the highlight. Nox. Yeah. And you like you want to just go do something. And that's I think that's the really like existentially threatening thing is like eventually we will be able to like go see a movie or do something Can we just but i don't know movie? at what point it'll like the the looming dread of yeah you're seeing uh like iron man six or something but is the guy next to you does he have covid and are you gonna get it now like that's yeah. that's the scary part it's like i don't know when that goes away if it ever are you does. afraid of getting it 
Yeah, I yeah, think I'm too. more afraid of like being in a position where I'm removed from like the people who depend on me, mm-hmm. you know, or I, or I make it difficult for them. That's what I'm really, or, you know, and kids, obviously, and the people I love. But like me personally, I'm just worried. I'm just worried about like what a, the imposition that'll create for other people. And that's probably, that probably informs a lot of my uh, Enneagram. Yeah, I was about you to know, say, will you tell I, everybody how you <laughs> identify as an Enneagram number? Because that is... That is loud and clear. That's a big Enneagram 5 energy right there coming at you straight up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, well, I also think it's just really kind as well, Knox, that that you're not as much concerned about your own sickness as you are about how it will, what it will do to all the people around you. Thank you, Annie. I am a very you're kind person, a kind so I appreciate person, you calling Knox. attention to that. Yeah, I, I feel some of that. I'm afraid, I don't want to get sick because I don't want to have to change my very very few social patterns that I have and I don't (laughs) I know and I don't I just don't want to suddenly have to go oh no I saw four people yesterday in a social distance way and now I have to tell them that I have a fever and a cough and a positive testing like the letting people down like if I have to tell Aaron and Jamie here at the office that I have COVID like I think they'll kill me before COVID could kill me <laughs> honestly they would they would be so upset with and me. it's not just Aaron and Jamie anymore it's everybody not. it's every it's family it's Isn't like there all a new guy? people in our neighborhood oh yeah Terrence he he's not in the office with us uh oh, luckily he, he is, he is socially distanced you. no it's a it's uh, unfortunately it's a it's a tiny office so uh, there's not room for any <laughs> other people we'd love to hire you please stay home <laughs> but do not come here, please. No, but yeah, he, he, uh, right, do not been, come here. Yeah. Terrence, he's been, uh, working with us for a couple months now, kind of on a contract basis. And then, uh, now he's a full-time, uh, full-time team member of the podcast me group. And we're super excited because I'm for one super excited because he is, uh, taking a lot of editing off my plate, which was, uh, starting to overflow. So he is amazing and a really awesome dude. Knox, that is the thing that has blown my mind as I've gotten to know you and Jamie and Aaron better. And as I'm a big fan of the show, I'm a best friend of the pod and everything that I had no idea you were doing all the editing, all the editing, baby. Like it's it was and it, a lot of it, too, was like, I, I just don't have time to train anybody else. But there's a selfishness to it and an Enneagram fiveness to it of I don't want anyone having like final cut on what I say, because if I sound like a dumb dumb. I don't want to like be mad at somebody about that. I want to be mad at myself, mm-hmm. you know? So part of growing and you know, I, I know like, you know, this now, especially part of growing a business is you got to let go of some things yeah. and you got to train people to do the job and and have faith and confidence in them. And Terrence luckily is one of those people that I can kind of hand it off and I'm like, Oh, I think you're better at this than I was mm. for like ever. So it's an improvement immediately. And cause right now y'all run the popcast, which is once a week, you popcast on Wednesdays. Right. And then mm-hmm. Bible binge. What's the frequency of Bible binge? We tend to have three to four seasons uh, per year, and those seasons last about six episodes. And in the season, it's about it's every other uh, Sunday okay. we release an episode. So we're making some plans to make that more uh, weekly. Uh, but for right now, it's a seasonal thing. And then what else do you? And then y'all have all your Patreon stuff that you manage as well. But y'all don't have another show yeah, out that's... right now, right? No, we have like technically we have all things recapped. It's like a little recap series I do. I, I've I've been doing it about Survivor, which just ended season forty. Um, but those are the two like canonical shows uh, in the network. <laughs> Wait, legit season forty? Oh yeah, no, no season forty of Survivor. Uh, it, it just ended. Winners of right. War. Right. Yeah. It, it's, I cannot uh, believe Survivor has been going for forty seasons. 
Well, see, it's been for 20. They do two a year, uh, but it's still been going for 20 years. You is it, you never got into Survivor? I did. twenty. Literally, when you say that, I'm like, yeah, I, I watched when Elizabeth Hasselbeck was on in Australia in 2001, maybe. Andy, do not old shame me, please. Please don't. I'm not. Don't no, I'm with you. I was old here. enough to watch a television. I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I watched that. Great, like, I think. I think I might even be older than you. But yeah, I was watching. So I just haven't kept up with it. But my assistant, Jenna, loves it. It's it's the I like it because you take people to a remote place, you nutritionally deprive them, you uh, sleep deprive them. They have to play competitive sports in their underwear, not in a yes. sexy way, but just like in a sad like deprivation way. Yes. And it's all for a million dollars. I just think it's genius. It's really good. I've never thought about all the levels of deprivation. That's like the clothing deprivation is actually part of the thing. It might be like for me, if I was out there, it'd be the most severe. I'd be like, I can be fine with no sleep or food, but having to like, like actually have a conversation with someone in my underwear. That's tough. I don't know about that. <laughs> that's a tough pull. That's a, that's a tough ass to make. Yeah, it really is. What will you do? Will you do another? So is all things reconsidered? Forgive me for not knowing this. Is it on the same feed as podcast? No, it's a it's a different one. And I kind of did it. Um, I called it All Things Recapped to kind of celebrate the release of All Things Reconsidered yes. um, in the lead up. So just, uh, you know, because when you're selling the book, you just got to always be blitzing and reminding people that you got a book out. So that was it was a nice way for me to not have to always be like, hey, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Yeah. It could be like, I'm doing this recap. Also, would you mind to buy my book? That could be fun for everybody. Here. Yeah. So, yeah. OK, we're going to talk about your book. But first, I have I need some advice, if you don't mind. OK. And for sure. starters, I am going to make one correction of something I've already said. When I called Jenna my assistant, Knox, sometimes people get angry about that because they feel like I'm downplaying her importance in our company. Okay. So let me correct that she is the chief anti officer. So. Okay, just, that's good. Just, people don't like it, like if you call her the help or something like that. Yeah. I think that's good. Precisely. You want like you want okay. to give titles are good. Titles are important. You know. Titles are good and they're kind. Okay, Knox. So my friend Eddie and I have just started this Annie and Eddie Keep Talking show. We don't do right. any prep. We don't have segments. We do. We couldn't be a more basement level show. <laughs> but well, I've you and listened, Jamie, and that's not true. Don't say that. Well, you're very kind, but it it, it is. You and Jamie have been doing a main floor to every level show of a, <laughs> a guy and a girl partnering up and co-hosting a show together. Will you give me two tips? on how to be a good co-host with with a guy. I've never done this before. Okay, that's interesting. Because, you know, a lot, obviously, like, um, so I've been uh, married for, Ashley and I celebrated our anniversary last year, 15 years uh, together in July. It'll be 16 this year. And Jamie uh, is a single woman. And that is and literally never... almost exactly the same as me and Eddie. He's been married, like, 15 years. Have you guys had, like, because we never, I just, I think we just started literally from the bottom and like just no one cared they were just like whatever mm -hmm. like just get out of my face so then by the time like we had momentum everyone was just like i don't know this has been going on for a long time i guess this isn't weird but so we never really had the conversation of like is that okay like is are we honoring the billy graham rule here like we just never really <laughs> got that like have you guys gotten any feedback like that no not yet because i think since the beginning everybody knew he was married and his daughters come on the show every now and again mm. and his wife and I are friends. And so I think I think because that was established from the beginning, everybody knows that their family is important to me, not just him. Sure. 
Sure. That makes sense. I think we, we have a similar vibe and in, in a dynamic yeah. too here that we've established. And, I, and you know, too, I think, I think it gets over people's like presumptions that if a, a man and a woman who are not in a relationship are talking like, well, obviously something nefarious is afoot. And uh-huh. it's like, no, they can just be friends. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Like that's actually a thing that can happen in the world. So yeah. I think you guys just keep on keeping on. And if people get weird, just remind them that you're friends and that he has a family and you've got your family and it's all good. Yeah. Okay. That's a good tip. Just to, just to be very clear all the time outwardly. And, and then the other good thing is we aren't in the same city. So we do this for 30 minutes twice a week. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And that's what Jamie and I for, gosh, I guess the first four years of our business, that's what we did. And then before Ashley and I moved here, uh, in June, I guess, two years ago, that's when, and even still when we moved, we weren't recording in the same space. This That's only been about a year that we've been in the same office together uh, here with Aaron as well. So yeah, by that man. point it's established and it's like, we're just, we're just tired of you guys talking about it. Like, just give us the podcast and move on. You know? <laughs> that's right. It, it's been very fun and it has been such a different thing compared to this. Cause like, so do you, do you feel exhausted for all the talking or is it like such a different part of your brain where you're, you're you kind of don't know what to expect? Cause what I've always enjoyed about the podcast is I know like Jamie's context, her perspective on the world. I know the things she likes, she doesn't. So like, I, I feel like we can go in different directions as opposed to it's a new person every time. And I don't know how they feel about things. So we got to set that baseline first. Yeah, this, so it's, it's two different parts of my brain. And if you can imagine a handful of friends twice a week, they meet up at like a donut shop and just catch up real quick. And then they get in their cars and drive away and don't think about catching up at the donut shop again for the rest of the day. That's what, that's how I feel about that podcast with Eddie. That's a perfect vibe. That's a, and I think people really secretly, I think people like eavesdropping on those kind of conversations because it's that Mm -hmm. I know these people and I'm used to these people and I can anticipate things, but I can also learn something new every week. I mean, I've said that to you in text and to Jamie in text is that the problem for y'all is when I listen to Popcast or Bible Binge, I want to talk back to you. And your problem is I have your phone number. And so sometimes (laughs) I do. I need you to know nine out of 10 times I control myself. So that means as much as I text you about the show, there's nine times I don't. I appreciate you self-censoring because like a lot, I, the second we record, I forget what I said. So if you're going to scream at me about American Idol, I'll be like, why is Annie screaming at me about American Idol? What happened here? What's going on? Right. Right. Does that happen to you? I mean, that must happen to you all, all the time because you and Jamie and Aaron have just created such a, I mean, such an eavesdropping feeling show that we are listening in on, on, and there's running jokes and there, I mean, it's just like, Y'all have created that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, I think I'm really grateful for it because as that, you know, uh, Enneagram 5 introvert type, it's hard for me to like just show up and like small talk and like, how's the weather? Let's be friends. Like, I'm not good at that. So Uh to have that established template of like, I know what I've kind of said. I know our running jokes and I know the stuff we've talked about. And then when we meet people who listen, there's that ease of intimacy of like, we kind of know each other already. So that's been such a wonderful thing for me just to be able to not be awkward with other people in real life. (laughs) Knox, I think that's why famous people fall in love with each other. (laughs) <laughs> like actual famous people is because when they meet, they already know each other. I think so too. And you're stuck in such like high, whatever, high, like close proximity and it's super intense. And I get like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie on Mr. And Smith. Like I get it. You're two very hot people. You're doing hot things in a movie. You're stuck together in a trailer. Like I, yeah. it, it makes sense kind of. 
Yes. Yes. I mean, that is that. And there's this like understanding already of like, oh, yeah, I already know who you are. Oh, I know who you are, too. Oh, sure. we can like skip the first four levels of get to know you Yeah. Yeah. That's my dream. Just to skip that with everybody. Not not really like for <laughs> me, just like I don't want to make everyone else sad at how bad I am at that. Those first four levels. You know what I mean? I don't know what you mean because I didn't know you on the first four levels. We jumped right in when you and Jamie came and were on the podcast a year and a half ago, maybe. Was it? Whenever it feels all, like twenty years ago. Honestly, it does I don't feel know like time anymore. <laughs> it's when your first book came out, right? It was right after. Oh yeah, that's Wandering right. Years that's right. came out. Yeah, it was about a year and a half ago. Yeah, and so, but we got to skip those four, first four because we already knew who each other's were. See, way? people should just oh, do boy. podcast episodes together and not even publish it. But that's how you get to know each other like, in a better way. That, <laughs> I think that we should pitch that on Shark Tank. Hello, sharks. That's right. Like, here's that's a, right. a way to avoid small talk and weirdness. <laughs> Tell me your feelings about the your tour with Compassion Live that was supposed to happen with the podcast. Man, it's a big Ugh. bummer. Like we were going to. So we had, uh, I think. 12 dates in October, three back-to-back weeks or back-to-back-to-back weeks um, throughout the Southeast and like Texas. And we were so excited. And, you know, we came off a year where we thought we were going to do something else. So we didn't, but we didn't get to do that thing. And because of that, we had only planned like two live shows, which we really love live shows. Yeah. So we already came off a year where we didn't do a lot. And then, but we had this year and we were like, we're going to do 12. We're going to like do so many. And now it's nothing. And we don't even get to do like a book release yeah. party. We're going to do that, do that online, like on zoom or on a crowdcast or something. So we were bummed, but I was really grateful to compassion because we were worried that they were really going to want to try to push it you know, because they're certainly invested in that, but they came to us and they're like, no, like we want to make a really smart decision here for you guys, for us, for the audience out there. So we're just at every step of the way, we're always impressed with compassion and how they're handling things. Yeah, me too. I'm really sorry too, because our buddy Tyler Huckabee and I, we were going to be on with you in the Nashville show. Listen, they're talking about Ugh. the spring. So if you guys are around and still open, we still definitely want to have you uh, in Nashville. I really hope I'm still around in spring 2021. <laughs> You know, like just like not writing fiction or like whatever, you know, like doing. If I'm not around in spring 2021, this is going to be a really bad thing that was recorded. (laughs) (laughs) People will play this uh, posthumously and be like, whoa. Oh, gosh. We'll be fine. Don't worry, everybody. I'm taking my elderberry, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be fine. Yes. Let's if if, whenever y'all do go on there, tell me what the joy is, because it's the same conversation of like you get to skip four steps with people who already know the podcast and the Bible binge and your books, The Wandering Years, and now All Things Reconsidered. Tell me the joy of doing a live show, because I haven't ever done a live podcast. We are in the same boat that we haven't even told people that we had to cancel live podcast plans for 2020, but I've never done one before. You know, I think it's not because I've seen I haven't been able to like to see the whole show, but I've seen you live. So it's not too dissimilar from that. Like what we do, it's um, I think we're, we're fortunate because uh, we had Aaron in our pocket, uh, not even when she was working with us, but she has done like live productions. So yeah. she really spoke a lot of wisdom into how to pull this off. But we treat it less as like we're just going to sit at a table and stare at each other. And like, you're going to listen to us talk and we turn it more into there's going to be slides and we're going to have prizes and we're going to shoot videos. And it's, so it turns into not quite stand-up you shoot comedy. videos during the event. Yeah. Well, for the first three waves of like our live shows, we would, um, uh, cause in a former life I was a screenwriter. So I would write these yes. scripts and we would act them out. The problem is we're not 
any of us are really good actors, so they were bad. <laughs> but we tried really hard, so E for effort. But like we wanted to bring like a video component because we wanted it to feel different than just like you're here in the office with us. We wanted to feel like, oh, this is like a show and this is like cool and fun and it's worth paying the the amount of money we paid to be here. And so hopefully I'll be back out in 21. Yeah, I think we're talking uh, early or I, I think like early spring 2021. 20, uh, so we've yeah. got our fingers crossed right now. Man, it's just the, I mean, I I don't even know if you've seen this yet. I did. I just put on Insta story. I literally walked in the office and Jen and I opened some boxes and I sat down at my desk and she said, hey, three events just got removed from your calendar. Oh, like, wow. Wow. <laughs> just was, right between I mean, the eyes. Right. It's just so, it's so surprising because there is such joy in getting to see our friends who live in other places that know us. Yeah. That's the, that's the sad part is like, you know, we, there are a lot of people and we had some plans to be in some places we don't normally get to. And right. it's just really fun to like get to meet and hang out with listeners that we know listen to us, but we never really get to interact. And you know, you can interact on social media, but that's not the same. And it's just, it's a handle of a name and you don't know these people, but getting like to spend time with them in real life, that's a whole nother thing. And that's one thing I've weirdly really like you, you wouldn't think given my personality type, that I would like that. But I really love that aspect of just getting to spend time and meet people and like, just have like community with listeners. Yeah, it, it is. It is really fun to see people's faces who are already friends with us. Yeah. It's, it's, it's comforting. It's encouraging, but most of all, it's just like this easy way to community that I've never really been able to find myself, but I really uh, appreciate that aspect of, of the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Can we talk about all things reconsidered? Of course we can talk about it. I'm so stoked. You've done a really good job, by the way, for a, for a personality type that doesn't really love talking about the new work you make, even though it's incredibly good. I've been very impressed with how well and how proud you are of this book. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's uh, I just, you know, you want to toe the line of like, I don't want to like uh, inundate people and like annoy them with it, but you know, you have to talk about the stuff you make, otherwise no one's going to listen or read or, or, or whatever. So I'm, I've been trying to toe that line. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, because I mean, it, it's, it's a gift to us. And if you didn't, if you didn't do the work and then tell us, how would we ever know Knox? <laughs> That's that right. Question. That's right. Okay. Tell me, give us a rundown of what all things reconsidered is. So All Things Reconsidered is uh, it's a book about how rethinking what you know uh, and how that helps you know what you believe. And really, it's kind of the uh, spiritual ancestor of the last chapter, The Wondering Years. Uh, it's a chapter where yeah. I talk about, you know, really kind of starting the path to, uh, I, I don't even want to say deconstructing my faith because I feel like that is, there's a little bit of a negative connotation of just like, you're just knocking stuff down because it's, it, mm -hmm. it is that, but it's it, knocking it down to build it back up. Right. And I think a lot of times we don't have yeah. that second part of the conversation about, we got to build that thing back up. So all things reconsidered really is about building it back up. And it's, so it's a book, uh, it's divided into sections. One's about like reconsider yourself. One's about reconsider your life and one's about reconsider, uh, your faith. And so I talk about, you know, things like reconsidering, uh, parenthood and, friendship and masculinity and, and marriage and stuff like that. I talk about dumb pop culture stuff like 
Big Bird and Uncle Joey because they're not what you think. No matter what you think they are, they're actually yeah. A lot you darker. have some real feels about Uncle Joey. It's it's all, I don't you know what Annie I don't have feels. It's all there in the text. I'm just interpreting the text. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just like I'm just reading what I see and just interpreting that. So you know, take that for what it's worth. But then uh, part of writing this book, I thought the the section I was really scared of, but I thought was really necessary was I got to talk about this faith stuff because I'm in the season yeah. of this. And I think a lot of other people are too. And I think this can be cathartic to uh, watch me, like read about me going through this. And my whole heart for writing the book was never to be like, here is the definitive opinion about marriage or hell or heaven or creation. It was Mm -hmm. more like, I'm working through this on my own. I want you to watch and whatever you need to work through, hopefully this inspires you to be able to do that. And so hopefully I've accomplished that. Hopefully not. But I think it's uh it's a book about how it's okay to ask questions. Um, and I think if you're trying to, if that's about marriage or parenthood or, or God, um, if you're looking for truth, like that's not a bad thing to ask questions about because especially in things about God, like um, I don't think God's scared of questions because, you know, if you're trying to find truth, God's there, God is truth. So you're going to get back to him anyway. And so I think it's okay to, to try to pursue that. Why are we afraid to ask questions? I, think, I feel it in me. I, it's, I think it's that thing. It's that, you know, that intangible aspect of faith of I can't see it. And if I start pulling at this thread of belief, I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know if it's going to all fall yeah. apart and what's going to be left um, there. But I think I, I think when we do that, like we're it's an effort to trade in the idea of a faith versus like the actuality of a faith. And I think a lot of times we just have we inherit an idea of what we believe or we haven't really earned like the beliefs that we have. So the idea of questioning them, I think subconsciously we know maybe it's because there's a weakness in that, in that uh, faith or that belief. Mm. So I understand that, but I think to get that strength of conviction of, no, I, this is really why I think, and this is why I think it, it requires pulling at that thread a little bit. Yeah. It just is. I think as a woman who grew up in Southern Christianity, I know there are things and I'm facing some of the things that were just kind of ingrained in me and part of me that aren't necessarily Christian. They're more Southern. Mm. And it makes, and so then you think of other things that go, well, I just won't even ask that. Never mind. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. This is messy. I don't want to do this with you. Like, let me just do this on my own and not bring this up. But I think it's such a, you know, like when I was outlining it, I had like, okay, I want to talk about these things. And then somebody mentioned like they had a hard time. Uh, understanding what they believed about prayer. And I was like, whoa, prayer. Like, that's just, mm. that's so elemental. What are you talking about? But then the more I thought about what I thought, I was like, no, I don't think I understand prayer either. You know? So I want to spend some time yeah. to really identify. Cause you, you just, I think a lot of us, if you're, you know, a certain age or a generation or regionality in the United States, like I grew up as a Southern evangelical and it was like, just these things are, are it. And you just, as a kid, you're told to buy in and you buy in and you never question why. And I understand that. But at a certain point, you have to start to interrogate those things and be like, okay, now let's, let's really break down this prayer idea or creation or heaven or whatever mm-hmm. to really think like, what do, what does this say about God? What do I believe about God? And can I like collide these two things together? Yeah. Will you talk, I would love to have you talk a little more about the prayer thing. Cause we talk about that a lot here. And one of the things I, and you're a dad, so I'm wondering if you can put these parts of your brain together for me. But one of the things the Lord and I have been kind of looking at and talking about is when Jesus keeps saying in the gospels that we should come to him like children mm. and come to God like children. What does it look like to connect that with your prayer life? You know, I think one of the big 
uh, I think early on it was not like anyone actively doing this, but early on my interpretation of prayer was like a, it's a request form, you know, and I just like send the thing up and mm. maybe God will grant it. Maybe he won't, but like, it's just, yes. I'm supposed to ask for stuff. Um, and it could be like a new pony or it could be like for someone to be healthy, you know, but it, it was never, there was never any tethering to like a heart behind it. So as a mm-hmm. dad, like uh, one of the big, and I, and I wrote about this in the chapter is like one of the big moments of reconsideration happened when like my kids were old enough to where we would pray together and like they were actively participating in that prayer. And it was kind of that thing of, okay, so what do I want to teach them? First, I got to understand what I believe because I'm trying to teach them something and set them up for something, right? Some kind of foundational understanding of prayer. So what do I believe about it? And then how do I want to like execute this with them? And I think a lot of it came down to me getting to a point of like, it's, and it, I think it feeds back into my personality type conversation we had earlier too, is like, there needs to be like a tempo to this. There needs to be a, here's the ask, here's the execution. And then we're done with this transaction. But I was realizing right. like, I need to get away from that. And I, you know, there was a, there's a word I kept coming back to and I hesitate using it because I think there's some negative connotations with this as well, but it's like uh, mindfulness, you know? And I think it's, it's yeah. entering into that spirit of, conversation of like soulful conversation where you're not really trying to ask anything. You're not like really trying to actively communicate anything, but you're there in the moment and you're trying to be mindful of like, God, what he's doing, what he's trying to communicate, what's going on in your life and like where God's trying to speak to you. And I think there's just such a, Mm -hmm. especially like nowadays, there's such a impatience for that because it's like, well, what does mm-hmm. that even mean? Like, my, like I'm just not going to sit here and wait for something. I, I'll just make it happen, you know? But that's what I try to communicate with our kids is like, yes, like let's communicate. And I think part of that um, articulation of what you're needing or wanting or desiring of God is like understanding your relationship to him. But also the other side of that is sometimes you just need to be here and let your mind wander and be with God for a second and just kind of be open to like what God's trying to communicate to you as well. Man, that's really good, Knox. The idea of letting your mind wander while you pray and just and see what else stirs up. Sure. Yeah. That's just I, it's just not a natural impulse for me, but I the the more I try to understand what I'm thinking of and what I'm feeling about prayer, the more I feel like that's that's where uh, that's where God is, you know, and and I've shut that off. I've shut that door mm-hmm. from God so much to myself and been like, no, I'll just handle this. I'll do the ask. And then like, I'll interpret whether you, you request it or not. And then we'll move on to the next thing. But it's like, no, sometimes you got to open that door and just, you know, let the breeze in a little bit. Yeah, that's really good, man. You know, the funny thing about you and Jamie and Aaron is that y'all are, y'all are pastors without an actual church building, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, do you ever feel like that, that there are conversations like this that you go like, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of pastoring. And this is what All Things Reconsidered is, is a hilarious take on a lot of things, but there's also a lot of pastoring in there. Did you ever want to do that? Do you want to pastor? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, growing up when I did, part of growing up uh, like in the South and, and being evangelical is you have to like seriously consider being a youth pastor. That's just part of the world. You have to think about that. <laughs> you have especially to. Especially if you're yeah, like, a, like a white guy, you know? I, I just, I knew <laughs> really early that like, 
I was just always pretty immune to when our youth group would be like, we're burning the secular CDs. I would be like, yeah, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. And I, I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> I just, I, I wasn't um, motivated in that way, you know? And I knew very early on yeah. my skill set was not, even though like I emotionally felt pulled to being a youth pastor or whatever, I just knew like I was not equipped to be a good, capable uh, youth pastor, you know? But, you know, for mm -hmm. the Bible binge and stuff like that, th there was a part, I think once we had proof of concept, there was a part of me that got a little intimidated and stressed out about like, this is a kind of, uh, I don't know, a Sunday service for some people. And, you know, like uh, Jamie and I and Aaron too, we, we all have hearts for like certain kinds of listeners to that show. And we've all kind of communicated that. So we, we know like what perspectives we're coming from. And early on, my heart was always for people who have been off put or hurt or, or kind of scorched by the church. I wanted to bring um, a perspective to the show that is welcoming to them, you know, and not so inclusive mm. of people who know the language of Christianity, but people who are on the periphery who just, uh, I, I kind of want to redefine the, the, the definition of, of Christians and Christianity to make it more welcoming to people to not just automatically write them off, but to be like, oh no, okay. There's some people who are willing to hold some complex ideas in their hand and say, I don't really know about this or say, I believe this. And that's not maybe tr super traditional with what I've interpreted from, you know, evangelical Christianity. Yeah. I just love, I love what y'all model and what I hope to do in some ways too, of like, we can talk about a lot of things and we can be friends with a lot of people. And the core of who we are is still a person of faith. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And that doesn't change based on who we're friends with or based on what everything that the scope of what we can talk yeah, about. Yeah. And it doesn't mean every single new relationship we have turns into like a commodity that I'm trying to convert or proselytize. It can be just, Ooh, we just listen. have a relationship and we're friends and it's, you know, I, I think God's going to move in them through that, like in honoring that relationship, but it's not on me to begin like trying to uh, give them tracks and the plan of salvation 30 seconds after we've met each other, you know, like there's, there can be some more intimacy there. Knox, I think that's one of the reasons that it's super encouraged to be friends with non-Christians, but it's scary to be friends with Christians who don't agree with you. Oh my gosh. Because right. non-Christians, we can change, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like quote, quote, yeah. right? That, of course not. That is not that this isn't, everything I'm saying is sideways <laughs> and backwards, but that is the belief is like, well, if I'm friends with Christians who aren't like me, that can be really scary because they think they're right. And so do I. But phew, if I have a lot of people who don't believe what I believe. And that, and I might feel like I have to change. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to change. I want to change someone else. Yes. I don't want to look in the mirror. I want to look at other people. Yeah. You know, I think that's, I, I think that's a big issue. I think that's a, the, a lot of the cultural disconnect with evangelical Christianity and the secular world is like, one feels like they're more willing to have conversations than the other. And I wish the other parentheses, evangelical Christianity would be more open to just engaging and not so like, I'm going to clutch my pearls and, and hold my nose mm -hmm. while I talk to this person, mm -hmm. you know? Right. And it just feels very, um, I've been thinking about it clearly a lot. I've been thinking about, about what does it look like for us to model friendship well to the people who are around us? And yet also to be like, yeah, I actually do think I have an answer that you really want. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want you to be a different person, but I don't want you to miss out on relationship with Jesus either. Yeah. You know, in, in the, the first time we talked like a year and a half ago, we, we had a conversation. In our lives? 
No, on the well, it kind of was uh, when we came out to Nashville when Jamie and I did. Yeah, we had that conversation around our, our like uh, one of our principles of like uh, humor breaks down walls so truth can enter, right? And that's like a foundational thing of what we yeah. do. And I think too, a lot of that is about like having the emotional and like social equity with someone to be like we've engaged, we've interacted, we are human beings to each other, we know each other. So now when there's a moment of like vulnerability or where you're seeking out an answer, you trust me to, to give you my point of view and you don't have to take it, but you're, you're mm. more interested in listening to what I have when I have qualified myself as a human being who is your friend and not just someone who like door swings open and I scream some Bible verses at you. And then like, that's the extent of our interaction, you know? Right. It is, it is, um, it is not a fine line. It is not a hard thing. It is just something to, ooh, ready? It is something to reconsider. It is something that- Ooh, there you go. That was professional. I got you, buddy. It's something to, <laughs> for us to really, as for all of us, as we are making new friends and meeting new people someday again <laughs> in public, <laughs> that that we really consider what does it look like to be a friend with no, with nothing attached? I'm not trying to yeah. change this person. I'm not trying to- influence this person. I just want to know them. Like, what does it look yeah, like to be friends to be like a that? good person to them and know them and like create that connection. Right. 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 Well, you're very good at that. Knox McCoy. I mean, y'all's show is such a, is such a joy and your writing is, that's what one of the things I love about both of your books is it's the humor. It opens doors, but there are faith conversations that people can engage in if they want to. And I think that's, that is a really kind way to create for us. So thank you for doing that. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And I, I you know, I wanted to bring up, I don't know if you remember this, but um, even like the the process of writing all things reconsidered, that was not the original idea. I was given a different timeline where I had to mm -hmm. write a book within uh, five months and I didn't have an idea and all things reconsidered was the one that came to me. But I remember having like a dark night of the soul moment once I got that timeline and I got that realization that I was not ready to write a second yeah. book. And, uh, I, I posted something on Instagram, very dramatic, you know, very writerly dramatic of like, what was me, blah, blah, blah. And later that morning you text me, you text me and was like, you gave me some advice. And I write about that in the introduction of all things reconsidered. I don't name you by name. Um, cause I, I don't know if that's like, if that's like talking out of school. Um, but for, <laughs> for my, I have like a pre-order group of people who've pre-ordered the book yeah. where I do like uh, behind the scenes chapters. Like I, I say like, what's going on? And I'm like, this person, this is actually Annie. Like she's the one uh, who texts me encouragement in that moment. So I wanted to, want to say thanks. Cause that was a, that was a helpful moment of just like, look, you're gonna, you're not gonna like have it necessarily. And I think a lot of people get in the trap or they think writing is about like, you have the idea, you know, the joke, yeah. and then you're going to execute it. And a lot of it is like, no, you just kind of have to find it a little bit. And then you realize what you want to say. Yeah, that's right. Well, you did it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did. Okay, there are a couple of things we didn't get to talk about that I want to talk about. I'm going to list them very quickly, but I think it's what we'll hop over and talk about on YouTube. We Perfect. have not discussed Hamilton, and we have to. I, like, how excited are you for July? On Disney Plus. This is this is what we have to talk about on YouTube. So we gotta talk about Hamilton. Okay. We've okay. and we haven't talked about Honduras. And we just went to Honduras four months ago with compassion. That's right. It feels like a million years ago. At one actual million years ago. <laughs> <laughs> How was that January? Oh my gosh. Like it it really like I know it feels hyperbolic, but it just it feels like another span of time. It really yes. does. Yes. 
So those are my big two hot topics for our couple of minutes on YouTube. So let's save those because I want to see your face when you're talking about Hamilton. That's what matters to me. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, okay. Well, you know, the last question we always ask, Knox McCoy, because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me, help me, tell me what you guys are doing for fun. <laughs> you know, we have started um, at our house. We've started every night uh, for dinner. It's like, you know, you're supposed to like eat a healthy meal and we're trying to do that. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. And then like drink milk or water. We're uh-huh. like, no, no more of that. We have slushies every night for dinner. And <gasps> I make like lemonade slushies for the kids. I make maybe lemonade with some other stuff for Ashley and I, but it's always, it's slushies all day, every Wait, day. How do you help no make what. slushies? Teach me. See, you get like, cause I, I make some protein shakes from time to time, like for lunch and it's the same mechanism. Like you yeah. get. Uh, one of those, it's like a, it's like a blender, but it's like a, not a, like a big robust blender. It's like a cool blender, you know, like a, like a slim blender uh-huh, uh-huh. and you toss some ice cubes in there, do a little lemonade, <laughs> you know, you got to have the ratios right, but then it's just boom, you got a slushy right there. Um, so that's been, that's been kind of, y'all do it every night. Yeah. And it's, I've gotten it down to a, a bit of a science and the kids love it obviously. And it's just one of those things where it's like, this is a different time. So it calls for different conditions. Like now we're amenable to slushies yeah. at every meal. So we've been, we've been enjoying that. Yeah. That's brilliant. It is literally lemonade and ice for the kids. Now, you know, mileage yeah. and may then for vary. y'all, it's bonus, bonus technology, <laughs> bonus uh, liquid in there. That's right. Yeah. yeah you can, you can you. do anything else, but you can do that with Coke, ice, whatever, Sprite, whatever you want to do. Wow. Okay. But you have to get a cool slim blender, as you say. Not a not a not a chunky boy blender. You want one of those like marathon runner blenders. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Like you see it in your in your head. Yeah, right? like the Nutribullet kind of thing, right? There, exactly. Is that That's what you're exactly talking about? What like it is. where it's where each yes. you make one smoothie per cup. Yeah, you, for the kids, you can kind of sneak two in there. Okay. Um, but for Ashley and I, it's one per. Toss right. a little grenadine okay. in there. You know, if you want to do like mixology oh, stuff, you can cool. do that, Annie. You have the freedom to do that. Okay. Thank you. All right, I'll see you over on YouTube. Does that sound fun? Sounds good. Friends, don't you just love them? And listen, you've got to hop over to YouTube because we, I mean, we go deep dive on two things. On Compassion International, which we both deeply love and respect and got to travel to Honduras together in January with a handful of other friends and with Compassion. It was awesome. And Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) which we've got to talk about Hamilton. So head over to youtube.com slash Annie F Downs TSF for That Sounds Fun and make sure you go check out that video with Knox. Hey, make sure you go follow Knox and tell him thanks so much for being on the show and how much you enjoyed it and grab a couple of copies of All Things Reconsidered. And listen, if y'all aren't listening to the podcast, why? Why aren't you listening to the podcast? It's so good. In fact, Friday on YouTube, while you're over there watching the video of Knox and I, there's also a video, an Annie's Fun List video of my favorite podcast I listen to. And you better believe that the podcast is on that list. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay in and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. And we'll see you back here on Thursday. Y'all have a great week.